Wale. I ain't saying nothing anyways. They might as well talk about nothing. This woman is bending my mind into a pretzel. You better be careful with that thing. And start a war. 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 Look, I just wanna make you better. I think I can save you, but I think I'm bipolar. I love you, then I hate you. Grew with disdain, though I hate whoever ain't you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So the first round of the draft is concluded. I, I'm shooting this Friday, Friday evening, uh, so I haven't seen the rest of the you know second and third round. But the first round is concluded. The first round of the NFL draft was on Thursday. And, of course, it was this was actually one of the more exciting drafts, I believe. Uh, now, the draft's always exciting, especially for the people that are in the draft. But this, this was more exciting. I feel like a lot was at stake. You had teams like the Chiefs, teams like uh, Green Bay. There was a lot at stake for players, for teams, and what I wanted to do, which of course is kind of tradition anywhere that you go get a sports podcast, they're going to talk about their winners of the draft, they're going to talk about their losers of the draft, and why would I be the one to break tradition? So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about winners and I'm going to talk about my losers. Let's start five winners and five losers. That's what I'm going to do. I'll start with the winners. First and foremost, I have to give it up to the Jets. The Jets, to me, now... The moves that they made put them. Pr- you go out and arguably get the best player, best athlete of the draft in Sauce Gardner. You then at 10 with a trade get Garrett Wilson, who a lot of people can argue is the best wide receiver. You see what the what what the what the Jets kind of did is. They gave their number. They gave Zach Wilson no excuse. Now, don't get me wrong. The Jets are still not the Jets. I mean, the Jets are still the Jets. But you go out, you get Sauce Gardner. You also get Jermaine Johnson, the second. Now, I don't know if you watched last episode or listened to last episode, but I said that to me was a sleeper of the draft. I thought that he could have been and is arguably the best player of the draft. Now, he ended up going 26th, but you get Sauce Gardner, you get Jermaine Johnson, you get uh, Garrett Wilson. We know that Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach, and we also know that the Jets were one of the worst defenses in the league last year. So now that you get two studs on the defensive side of the ball, and we also know that one of the biggest weaknesses for the Jets was their offensive weapons. You have arguably one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the draft with Garrett Wilson. I think that this kind of this kind of takes I'm not going to say takes away from the excuse uh you know cuz we still need to see what happens for the rest of the draft, but one thing that before you want to move off a quarterback, before any team wants to move off a quarterback, they want to give them what teams would hope to do is you give them the most to work with and then you can evaluate them. That's excuse me. That's kind of one of the reasons why I think Baker Mayfield is in the situation that he's in now. I mean, you gave Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham Jr. You gave 
Baker Mayfield Jarvis Landry. You gave Baker Mayfield Peoples Jones. You gave Baker Mayfield uh Austin Hooper. You gave Baker Mayfield then Jock like you gave him so many pieces, not only not to mention the running game, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. And it just didn't work. Now you can blame it on injury, you can blame it on a lot of things, but that's why I think that the 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 Browns were so it was easy for them to get off of Baker to get Deshaun Watson. And for people that's saying that Deshaun Watson is better than Baker Mayfield, yes. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. But why do you think the Ravens were not in for on Deshaun Watson? Why do you think, I don't know, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't try to go for Deshaun Watson? Hell, why do you think the... In my opinion, at their when if they're both playing at their best, I think that Deshaun Watson is better than Josh Allen. But why do you think that the Bills didn't go for Deshaun Watson? Because they were confident in their quarterback. I don't think that the Browns were confident in Baker Mayfield, seeing as all they gave all you know the, all the weapons they gave him. I'm not trying to harp on Baker Mayfield. Let me bring it back to the Jets. Zach Wilson, you draft him number two. And oh, what a year ago you drafted him number two a year ago, and again you did you did not have much to work with. I I don't see how the Jets or the Jets can continue to go without this go through this draft and not address their offensive line because they also have Travis Etienne who got injured last year. Uh, he's going to come back, so I I clearly I, they have to address their offensive line, and I, I see them probably getting another wide receiver or something like that, but. At least for the first round, you get arguably the best wide receiver, arguably the best player in the entire draft, and Sauls Gardner, and arguably, in my opinion, the sleeper, uh, the the biggest sleeper in Jermaine Johnson the second. To me, the Jets are the clear biggest winner of the first the first round. Another winner, and I, you don't have to go too much further, is the Giants. To me, you don't have to dra- you don't have to make a trade to get Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Now, I don't know. Maybe it was the lack of success or the the medial lack of success that Oregon didn't have. Uh, maybe. I don't know what it was. But he but he, go, he went from going, projected the number one overall pick to, you know, the people were talking about Aiden Hutchinson. People were talking about a lot of other people. And I feel Kayvon Thibodeau kind of dropped. So you go to a defensive minded coach in you know for the for the uh for the Giants. You also at you also move to seventh and get Evan Neal. And in my opinion, Evan Neal was arguably the best the best offensive tackle in the draft. Now, I, <laughs> I I have my feelings about everyone knows I'm a Washington fan. Everyone knows. Now, I try to take my biases out when I talk about other teams in the NFC East, other teams in general. Now, of course, there will be some bias that seeps in from time to time, but Everyone knows I'm a Washington fan, but that does not, that doesn't, that doesn't cloud my judgment about how I feel about Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is a 
at least now, is a starting caliber quarterback. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, it's kind of hard being a starting quarterback when your offensive line is as terrible as it is, or your defense continue doesn't really have a, 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 a solid defensive end. Yeah, that makes sense. So now you go and give give him Evan Neal, and you also give him Kayvon Thibodeau, two players that are arguably the best players at their position. So, I, and I mean, you still have Saquon Barkley, which is which you know Evan Neal should help Saquon Barkley's production because he didn't have a good year last year. Also, he was coming off of injury. Um, I, <sighs> I just I I just think that I think they they knocked it out the park, especially when they didn't have to do a lot of moving. They didn't have to do a lot of moving, and and you got one of the best players. Uh, you got one of the best players in the draft at number five, which I'm I was I'm not really surprised he dropped, but I'm surprised they took him. Um, and of course, in my opinion, you got arguably one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. So I think the Giants are another big winner in the, of round one. My third winner, and, and I'm, not, I'm not ranking this like best to worst as far as the winners. I'm just giving five. My third winner is the Lions. <laughs> wow, the Lions. Now, the Lions kind of... Uh, the Lions, man, they they kind of lucked up. They kind of lucked up, and I'll talk about the Jaguars in a second, but they kind of lucked up. In my opinion, you don't talk yourself out of a sure thing. And it kind and I'm not going to I'm not going to I'll talk about this shortly, but you don't want to talk yourself out of a good thing. And I feel that some I feel like the Jaguars kind of talked themselves out of Aiden Hutchinson. To me, Aiden Hutchinson was our is our is the best player of the draft. Arguably, I think maybe Sauce Gardner uh, as far as best athlete, but best player and especially best player for their position, you can argue is Aiden Hutchinson. And the fact that he was sitting there at number two is just perfect for the Lions. The Lions are one of those teams. I said this in my I said this last episode. There are some teams that go into any draft, whether that's basketball, football, base, any any teams. Sometimes you need so many, you have so many needs, you just go for the best player. That is that is just what works for you. You go for the best player available. And the Lions are kind of in that situation. They, outside of the quarterback, which you can kind of question, a, a lot of people don't know if Jared Goff is the person. I don't know if he is either, but, I mean, you did just trade for him, so you kind of want to give him another shot, if you can say. But... The Lions have so many issues from their offensive line, defensive line, uh, wide receiver help, running back help. They have so many issues. I think their best, the best position is tight end because they got a, a Hawkinson. But they needed the, the the Lions just needed to get the best player, and the fact that you were able to get Aiden Hutchinson is 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 great to me and. There are some teams that make horrible trades. There's some teams that don't they trade up and down or they trade up in the draft, they trade down the draft because they know who they want and they kind of get a sense that 
yo, if we don't make this move now, we're not going to get said player at wherever position we're at. There's some teams that say, hey, the player that we want, we could get if we moved back. You know what I'm saying? Like, different teams operate the draft different ways. And the fact that the Lions draft or traded up to get Jamison Williams. Now, let me tell you this. The the talk of this draft was wide receiver. You know, you have Drake London, which I thought was a great pick for the for the Falcons at eight. But you have Drake London. You have Garrett Wilson. You have Chris Olave. Uh, you have Jahad Dotson. This was a wide receiver heavy draft. Traylon Burks, and we'll talk about him in a second. In my opinion, if it wasn't for the ACL injury in the national championship, Jameis Winston or Jameis Williams is the best wide receiver in this draft. To me, he has the best big playability. You can kind of you can kind of rival him with Drake London. But let me side note. For people that keep saying that Drake London creates separation, no, he doesn't. He's just a freak athlete, and he's bigger than most because he's a he's a basketball player pretty much. He's bigger than most football players, so he can just go up and get it better than most. But he's not. He's he doesn't create separation. All right, back to what I was saying. To me, Jamison Williams is the best. Was the be- is the best wide receiver in this draft. He's the fastest wide receiver in the draft, in my opinion. Maybe. Maybe Garrett Wilson. I mean, if you if you look at their four you know four hundred or forty yard dashes, it'll probably be what Garrett Wilson. But Jamison Williams, of course, didn't do that because his ACL. I just think he's the best wide receiver. And now you you give does 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 drafting Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams just drastically change the the Detroit Lions? No, most of these. Unless you're like a once in a generational player or you're like a quarterback, you're not you're you're not really going to drastically change uh, a, a team. But you you will you could change it in a big way, but not like completely reshape the history. Like if you look at the Bengals, they had arguably they they have Jamar Chase who you can argue is one of the best wide receiver talents to come out of the draft that we've seen in recent memory. And if it wasn't for Joe Burrow being incredible, then Jamar Chase wouldn't mean them. I mean, hell, look at the, look at uh hell, look at Washington. They have Terry McLaurin who's a great wide receiver and he ain't really doing much in the win con- like he's great, don't get me wrong. But if you ain't got no quarterback, then Terry ain't – I mean, it's it's just Terry. So, I do think that – I think the Lions knocked it out the park getting Aiden Hutchinson, which a lot of people thought is the best overall player in this draft. And in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the draft if it wasn't for his ACL. And I think – I think that he will emerge as the best wide receiver once his once he comes back from ACL. Uh, once he comes back from the ACL, which I think reports are coming back that he should be ready for training camp. So he may not even miss any time. So I I, I just I can't the Lions, which is surprising to say, seeing as we know the history of the Lions, 
they knocked this draft out the park. Uh, my next, my next uh, winner is the Eagles. I know it's it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to admit the Eagles is a winner, but the Eagles just. I mean, going into the draft, the biggest need for the Eagles were was wide receiver, and we heard about you know getting we we heard about maybe getting Drake London maybe getting uh, Garrett Wilson or get Garrett Wilson yeah maybe getting Chris Olave to go to come out of round 1 with AJ Brown who is an a young established wide receiver via trade from or via trade with the Tennessee Titans I mean that's <laughs> oh, not to mention you draft Jordan Davis, who a lot of people think is the best defensive tackle in this draft. I mean, you draft him at thirteen, and you didn't really have to give up a lot of picks. I think you made. I think they gave up a third round pick, but you didn't really have to give up much of a like the Eagles. Man, I don't know how the hell they did it. And I don't, I don't know how they were able to keep all the picks that they had outside of I think the, you know, the first and the third, but they got a they got AJ Brown, then turned around and signed him to like a hundred million dollar contract. Hey, now you. So when you get a player like when you get a player like AJ Brown, you're pretty much putting all your chips in the table for Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts. I still have my questions about Jalen Hurts, but. He did lead the Eagles to the playoffs, and we know. I mean, there there was a big, there was the big, the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons why the Eagles were the number one rushing attack last year, is because they didn't really have a reliable wide receiver. Uh, also, a lot of that is because you know, you know, when you have Jalen Hurts and and some of the running backs that they have, of course, you're gonna run the ball a lot but they didn't really have a reliable wide receiver now you have one of the best in the NFL in AJ Brown and you have the arguably the best defensive tackle in the draft in Jordan Davis like and you didn't really have to give up a lot of draft picks for for um AJ Brown yeah I don't I don't know how the hell they did it, but they did it. Now, let me talk about this trade from the Tennessee Titans aspect. And I actually think they did a really good job. Now, I, I understand you you lose the piece. You lose the prize. You lose A.J. Brown. Now, we already knew that A.J. Brown was amongst the some of the wide receivers that were holding out due to wanting a new contract, feeling feeling as though they outperformed their contract. Which I I mean I get it I know Terry McLaurin was in that uh, Debo Samuel's was in that which we see how the, how quickly that escalated with the uh, 49ers. Terry McLaurin was like that. They wide receivers the premium is for wide receivers at this point. When you see what someone like Christian Kirk gets, when you see what someone like Devonta Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, what two a year or two ago, you see what they get. You're, you're going to Tyreek Hill. You're going to want to dip. It's kind of once the the market is set. Once the market is high, let's say that. Let's let's look at it like shoes. There are some shoes that come out 
and the market is it the market is at its highest. Actually, it's almost all the time. Once a shoe comes out, the market is always at its highest. For, for for one, somebody sets the market. Let me let me let me an off white. An off white Jordan one. The off white Jordan one. The shoe I think retailed for like two hundred dollars. Somebody, somebody paid five thousand dollars for that shoe. What does that mean? That means that every price after that is either going to be close to five thousand or over five thousand, because that is the market. That is what was set. Now, again, I'm not saying that it's always going to be five thousand, but somebody set that market. When you pay Tyreek Hill, when you pay Devonta Adams the largest contracts in NFL history for a wide receiver, everyone that that, that thinks they deserve that is going to try to hit it now because if they don't hit it now what's it going to do it's going to depreciate kind of like a car it's going to like de- as soon as it comes off the light it depreciates uh as soon as you do something to a watch it depreciates you want to get it when the market is hot so i understand aj brown saying yo i want to i want a contract and i guess the the tennessee titans didn't want to do that and which which is so that is so wild that they did this. So they trade AJ Brown. They get the they get the Eagles, I think number third eighteen pick. They also get a third, or they also get what a third rounder, I think. And then you get Trey Traylon Burks, which if you if you know anything about college basketball, his wide receiver comp. You know how they do comps as who are you know who you. His wide receiver comp, I think he's out of Arkansas. Yeah. His wide receiver comp was AJ Brown. <laughs> so you're able to trade AJ Brown to pretty much get now, of course, AJ Brown's more established. We don't know what I mean, these are just comps. We don't know what Trey Long Burks could be a bust. I hope not. I hope nobody's a bust, but that I think it was a good trade for both sides. I will say that. Yes. Now, usually when you lose the star, you automatically lose the trade. So I don't know if it's even, but I do think that it was a good trade. I mean, you you get two draft picks. You also get Traylon Burks, and then the Eagles they get they get the prize. I guess they get AJ Brown, and they also didn't have to give up their thirteenth pick, and they got Jordan Davis. So, shouts out to the Eagles, man, and, and also shouts out to uh, shouts out to. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think they both did pretty good in the deal, and I think the Eagles were one of the winners of round one of the draft. And my last one, I'm going to say, is the Saints. This look, the Saints. There's they're in cap hell. <laughs> the Saints. The Saints are in cap hell. We know that, and it's it's tough when you're in cap hell and. You still have questions at the quarterback position. Now we know that Jamison, James or James Winston is going to be their starting quarterback. We know that. We know he made progress before. I think he, before he tore his ACL last year, he made progress, and he he was looking like a really good quarterback. In fact, I believe if he would have continued to play through the entire season, the Saints probably would have made the playoffs. But you 
they're in cap hell. They have issues at the offensive line. They have issues at the wide receiver position outside of Michael Thomas. So it's like, all right, what are we going to do? And you go and get arguably, for in a lot of people's eyes, the one of the best wide receivers. Again, this was a wide receiver heavy draft. This everyone knew that this wide receiver class could have possibly been the best wide receiver class in, in NFL history. Not saying that you're going to get the best player. Let me let me let me let me clarify that. A lot of people are saying that this is the best this could arguably be the best wide receiver class in NFL history. That does not mean that the best wide receiver will come out of this class. Let's 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 get this let's get this straight. There's not a wide receiver that was drafted, whether it's Jamison Williams, whether it's Drake London, whether it's Garrett Wilson. There is not a wide receiver in this class that is close to, in my opinion, Jamar Chase. Or Jalen Waddle. Well, you can argue. No, or Jalen Waddle. But the amount of talent. Again, in the first round alone, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six wide receivers went. And actually, six wide receivers went in the top 18. Which which should show you the amount of t- And there's still a lot of wide receivers still available while as I'm shooting this. So... The Saints traded up with or traded with Washington. Washington moved back. Uh, I think the Saints were at eight sixteen, and they moved to eleven. And they got Chris Olave, who is outside of Jamison Williams, is arguably the fastest uh, wide receiver. Again, I don't, and we'll talk about this in a second about the the combine. Yeah, the forty yard dash is important for some positions, but. I look at what you did on the on the field, and Chris Olave was great. And then they also get uh, Trevor Penning, which, you know, northern Iowa, we know those Iowa boys are huge, and they got the offensive tackle. So you got somebody to protect Jamison Williams, especially after coming out of ACL injury or after coming from an ACL injury. And you get Chris Olave, who was one of the best wide receivers. In a team that needed wide receiver help and offensive line help, but was in cap hell, so it was like, what are you going to do? It, I think they did a really good job, man. Again, the the winners that I have for the for the draft, uh, first round at least, is the Jets, the Giants, the Lions, the Eagles, and the Saints. Now let's go to some losers, cause that's how life is. Not everyone's a winner. Not everyone is successful like that. Not everyone can hoist that number one trophy let me let me let me let me the elephant of the room it's not even the elephant of the room you know there are a lot of people that are successful in life there are a lot of organizations that are successful in life that doesn't mean that they always have that all their practices are successful that doesn't mean that all their practices work the patriots you hit a home run when you got Bill Belichick. You hit a home run when you got Tom Brady. Outside of that, the Patriots are terrible. And I mean, absolutely, you can, we can argue to the death. The, the Patriots are terrible, 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 terrible at the draft. It's like they have this allure that they are just a better 
franchise than 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 everyone. And you can look at the history, at least recent history, and say that's true. But it didn't come from the draft. That comes from trades. That comes from letting players go before the you know before they see the down decline. Yo, at twenty nine, you get cold. You know what? You want to know how bad to me of a pick this is? When all right, so twenty nine. The Patriots got Cole Strange, which was offensive guard. Which, by the way, the Patriots had one of the best offensive lines last year. Let me let me not say that. I mean, let me just forget that. They had one of the best offensive lines last year. You know how bad this was? Did you see the reaction that the uh, Sean McVay and the Rams had? Talking about, damn, we thought that Cole Strange was going to be there at 104. This... Sean McVay is one of the smartest coaches in the NFL. You think they would they would think a player they would completely whiff on a player's position like that? When I'm when I when I mean whiff, I mean you think that they think that a player that would possibly be that 104 would go in the first round? Look, the Patriots are not good at the at the draft. Not good. Their draft highlight is Bill Belichick, when I think it was the middle of COVID, like the height of COVID, when they did the draft, and Bill Belichick had his dog picking. It, it, the Patriots, bro, I, they try to overreach. I understand, like, you didn't have much, like, you didn't need much, but again, you the last thing you need is the offensive line because the offensive line is just, I understand you. Did. No, the offensive line is their best position. I know they did lose a tackle, I guess you can say. But that is a overreach to go for a player that was projected to be there in the fourth and fifth round. You get him in the first. Again, the, the, the Patriots have this allure. This allure that they are just leaps and bounds better than everybody at everything they do, which is not true at all. They hit a home run on Tom Brady, but quite as is kept, they passed on Tom Brady five times before they got him at six. So the, the Patriots are horrible at the draft. They've been horrible at the draft. And to get Cole Strange out of Chattanooga at the 29th pick. Oh, and the worst part about it is they got that pick from San like it look. It was bad. And another 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 loser has to be Green Bay. And that's and, and it, Green Bay is a loser on a multitude of reasons. You lose Devontae Adams, which is arguably the best wide receiver in the game, which is Aaron Rodgers' clear cut best target. You lose you lose uh Devontae Adams. The next best wide receiver on your team is who? Alan Lazar. Oh, you also lose uh Marquez Vel Marquez Valdez Scantley. So you lose your number one and arguably number two receiver. So your your wide receiver room right now is what? Amari Rogers, I think. Uh, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. That is your wide receiver room. 
Aaron Rodgers was just on the fence about coming back to your franchise. You see, so going into the draft, you'd think that the number one priority for the Green Bay Packers is to get a wide, a solid wide receiver. I understand, I think. I don't know what the talks, clearly I'm not connected to these teams, but I don't know what the talks were for getting a player like, I don't know. Like, a, I don't know if Green Bay was able to make that A.J. Brown trade. Because if they, if they, I mean, if you would have gave up, I don't know, the first two for, or first round or whatever round for A.J. Brown, I would have done it in a heartbeat. So I don't know if they were in that. And, of course, we heard links that they're trying to get Debo. Uh, I think we also heard links, and I don't know if it's true or not, that they were trying to get Darren Waller from the Raiders. All I know is they've been trying to improve at the wide receiver position because they know they need to improve the wide receiver position. So now I don't, and again, I don't know what happened. I don't know the talks, but they don't move up. That's the that's the loss number one. You don't move up. You have like you. You don't move up in the draft. And I just told you that this is arguably one of the richest wide receiver drafts in NBA, NFL history. Now, I understand. Yo, the, 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 the Green Bay Packers haven't picked a wide receiver in the first round in 20 years. That's not a joke. I mean, that's not a like I'm not over exaggerating. It's literally been 20 years since the Green Bay Packers have picked a wide receiver in the first round. You lose Devontae Adams and Valdez Scantling. You think in a wide receiver rich draft, yo, let me get a wide receiver. So you don't move up in the draft. You have, what, the 22nd and 28th pick, I think. You don't move up in the draft. That's, that's problem number one. Problem number two, you don't pick a wide receiver. Now, I understand that there's, this is a wide receiver rich draft, so you can get a wide receiver in the second round. But why would you play with that? Like, th- Let me see something. As I'm speaking right now, the Green Bay Packers' next pick is the 21st pick and the 27th pick in the second round. I don't know about... I, like, It just seems like... They, it. This is one of the biggest reasons why Aaron Rodgers was was deciding was questioning if he wanted to come back because stupid stuff like this. I understand you don't want to reach for a wide receiver, but again, this is one of the best wide receiver classes in a while. Why not try to trade up to get a wide receiver? Especially after losing Devontae Adams and Valdez Gantley. So that's that's problem number two. Problem number three. At the second, at the twenty-second pick, you get well, you get Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia. You also get Devontae Wyatt, linebacker or de- defensive tackle from Georgia. None of those are bad picks. None of those are bad picks at all. Don't get me wrong. So my. my let me let me let me zone in on Quay Walker, the twenty second pick. First of all, congratulations! I said first of all, like I did just kill some of these traffics. <laughs> oh man! Congratulations to all everyone getting drafted. 
let me let me for, let me say that man congratulations to everyone getting drafted i you know I, these are definitely everyone that gets drafted and some people that don't get drafted that eventually make it to the nfl they you definitely deserve to be in the nfl you definitely deserve to get picked where you got picked um you know shouts out to you guys you guys are the percentage of people that make it and that is a very small percentage so shouts out to y'all so back to the possible hate 22nd pick quay walker out of georgia now i understand georgia is at an all-time i mean in the first round alone one two three four five players five georgia players were selected in the first round that is some alabama stuff right there but green bay if you're gonna go defense and you're gonna go georgia and you're gonna go quite you're gonna go at the linebacker position why not go with the person that a lot of people felt was the best linebacker on the entire team which is nicobe dean why would you go who by the way as i'm recording this is still available so it's not like somebody else took him in the first round you go with the player that Again, I think some of these scouts really don't be watching. Some of these GMs don't be watching. But, again, I know Georgia was incredible. They won a national championship. Great. And Quay Walker was great, too. But if you're going to go linebacker, if you're going to completely neglect the wide receiver position, if Green Bay is going to neglect the wide receiver position, in the first round and go defense why not get the best defensive players at the position that you want to get that's available if you're gonna go inside linebacker why not go for the best one which is nicole which is nicobe dean and my now again all this is is pretty much opinion based but i'm not the only one experts thought that uh Nicobe Dean was the best inside linebacker on Georgia. Not just available on Georgia. And you got Quay Walker? I don't know, man. This just didn't really seem smart to me. But what do I know? I'm sitting here in my office recording a podcast, not making no money off it. So clearly I don't know much. But it just, I just... I just don't get how you can walk into this draft with the glaring needs that Green Bay has and just miss on the number one and the number two. And I, I get one of their needs is defense because they did get rid of uh, or they did let um, what's his name? I forgot his name. Uh, Smith and Darius Smith. You did let Darius Smith go, but you don't get the best you you go it's just a head scratching decision for me I'll, I'll, I'll chalk it up to that it's a head scratching decision in my opinion it's hard being the number one having the number one overall pick and ending up on my uh losers <laughs> ending up on my losers uh losers pick Yet, shouts out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You, you found it. Look, I understand sort of the importance of the combine. 
I understand the importance of it, sort of. What I don't understand, and and these are not just me, my my opinions. This is what we're hearing from the the people that are pretty much ten toes down in this situation. So the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Trayvon Walker at number one, and from what the people that are close to the org- people that get paid to do what they do are saying is the biggest factor for Trayvon Walker moving up so high to go to one because I think he was projected like 10, 10 or 11 to go from 10 or 11 in a span. It felt like in a span of three days to one what they were saying because of his 40 yard dash. I think he had like the fastest 40 yard dash from a big man from a defensive player or a big a defensive end. I think. He 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 was kind of, he was kind of moving. That big body was moving. Here's here here's the thing, man. And I I will stand on my soapbox. Hell, I'll probably clip this off. You know, I do my little clips. I'll probably clip this off. So this is let's let me remember this. The forty yard dash should only be for wide receivers, safeties, and running backs. Think about it. Why the hell do I need? When is a defensive end going to have a clear shot for 40 yards with nobody around them? Not only that, you don't even run in full pads on a 40-yard dash. So I, it just it, it just behooves me. I understand some of the speedy positions like wide receiver, like running back, like safety, like maybe cornerback. But I don't see why it matters that a a running a, a quarterback does a a 40-yard dash. Don't you want to see how good his arm is? <laughs> I don't see why a an offensive tackle needs to do a 40-yard dash. When the hell is he going to have a 40-yard, a clear 40-yard path? Now think about it. Isn't it, a, isn't it a penalty if they're like too far from the offensive line or line of scrimmage? It, if you're telling me that a, a, a combine allowed you, to for, allowed you to just forget a season worth of work. And that's another thing I hate about the NFL Combine, bro. I am I am giving my grievances today. The Combine, for some reason, I know what it is. A lot of scouts, a lot of teams, I guess they're, they're busy with their teams, which makes sense. But you're telling me that you put so much weight on the Combine that you, that's what, like one of the biggest examples. Sorry, uh, shouts out to Sunia at work. I apologize that I had to bring this up, but I'm going to bring this up. Sunia is a big, uh, she's probably, she probably don't listen to this podcast. Sunia is a big Chicago Bears fan. The Chicago Bears selected Mitch Trubisky out of North Carolina. Shouts out to North Carolina. That's my team. North Carolina. Over Deshaun Watson, the the Cleveland Browns 
saw the season, had to see the season. Somebody in the Cleveland Browns organization saw the season that Baker Mayfield had at Oklahoma and said, you know what? That might be it. I think we're going to take him number one. Those same people must have closed their eyes every single time Lamar Jackson and was on was was playing for Louisville. In fact, every team outside of Baltimore must have closed their eyes and when Lamar Jackson was playing for Louisville. The same Lamar Jackson, by the way, that won a Heisman. I say all that to say. You you saw the season that Aiden Hutchinson had, even though Derek Stingley uh, Jr. did only play, I think, three games and he got hurt, but we know the resume that he has. Sauce Gardner, which almost everybody that I talked to from Mel Kuyper and his terrible, shouts out to Mel Kuyper, but his terrible, terrible mock drafts. His mock drafts be so off, it's crazy. But you saw every expert say that Sauce Gardner is possibly the best player in this draft. And you saw all those players and said, you know what? God damn it, that 40-yard dash. Jesus Christ. We need to get Trayvon Walker. Who, by the way, who, by the way probably isn't Georgia's best defensive player. Riddle me that. There is an argument if Trayvon Walker was even the best player at Georgia on the defensive side of the ball, and you chose him number one over Aiden Hutchinson, which a lot of people were comparing him to the uh, the Bosa brothers, to Derek Stinley, who a lot of people think is the best. Actually, him and Gardner, Sauce Gardner are the clear-cut best players in this draft. <laughs> you pick Trayvon Walker again. It's hard to have the number one overall pick and end up on my word, on, end up on my losers list. But you know, congratulations, Jaguars. Another loser, and I kind of another loser has to be the the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, but let's 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 have a serious conversation. I understand that this year was a tough year for the for the quarterback position. I get it. I know it is. Like, there is not a quarterback, honestly, that outside of maybe one, there's not a quarterback that can come in day one and change a franchise. I know that. I mean, I'm not naive in thinking that. However, you just got Mr. Trubisky. Now, I'm not saying that Mr. Bisky is – I just talked about Mr. Bisky and the Bears choosing him over Deshaun Watson, how that was a bad decision. But Mr. Bisky isn't god-awful. Let me say that. And you're also coming off of a long tenure with ben, Big Ben. So I would think – you're 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 drafting a quarterback that's not going to be ready, or you don't want him to be ready uh, day one because you just paid Mr. Bisky. You want a quarterback that is dynamic and doesn't really do. 
You want a new age quarterback, right? That's number two. So why? I get it, okay? I get it. Kenny Pickett went to Pitt. He's Pittsburgh. I get it. He's he's the closest thing to Mitch Trubisky you can get. I get it. I also get that you don't really want your backup quarterback and starting quarterback drastically different. I get it. That's why Joe Flacco had to dip with Lamar Jackson because Joe Flacco plays nothing like Lamar Jackson. I get it. But Mr. Trubisky is not your long-term solution. You can ask any Pittsburgh fan. Mr. Trubisky is not your long-term solution. So why not get Malik Willis? Why would you go with Kenny Pickett? Again, I'm not an expert. I don't get paid for my opinions, which I I hope one day I will be able to. I just listen. You know, that's a, that's a good thing about me. You can ask anybody in my former relationships. Well, maybe not because they're former relationships. <laughs> but you can ask a lot of people. I'm a good listener. My communication may not be there all the time, but I can listen. I will listen the hell out of somebody. Almost everybody. Almost everybody I talk to. And almost everybody that be on TV that gets paid to talk about football says that the best quarterback in this year's draft, not saying that they're just going to change a franchise, but the best quarterback in this draft was Malik Willis. Because he does things that are, quote, uncoachable. Shouts out to you, Dan Orlowski. And the only quarterback that gets drafted in the first round is Kenny Pickett. Not to mention, quiet as is kept, you get Mr. Bisky, so you kind of don't need a quarterback right now. Or let me say this. The Pittsburgh Steelers' biggest, and I mean Mount Everest-sized biggest problem is their offensive line. So not only do you not get an offensive line or not, not get a offensive line weapon because I mean think about it you still had Tyler Smith on the board you still had a lot of players on the board hell you could have traded up to get Trevor Penning who was arguably the best offensive tackle not only do you get the only quarterback in the first round you don't need that quarterback you have bigger needs And if you're going to get a quarterback first round, or you're going to reach for a quarterback, why not get the best one in the draft? And you know it was bad when they picked Kenny Pickett. And for the next 30 minutes, all they were talking about was Malik Willis. Again, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Steelers do a bad job of the draft. The Steelers, you, I don't, I don't know. They shout out to their drafting department because they're, they always, get diamonds in the roughs. Most of their draft picks hit. I mean, Najee Harris is one of the best wide receiver, uh, running backs last year. Like, their, their, wide, their draft picks usually hit. But I just don't understand. If you're going to go, you have bigger needs at the offensive line. You had the worst offense, arguably the worst offensive line, statistically one of, if not the worst offensive line last year. 
your best player, your best offensive player currently is Najee Harris. Who is a running back? Not only do you not protect him or get a get an offensive top, offensive lineman, you get a quarterback that you get the second best quarterback when Malik Willis was just right there. Yeah, man, I don't I don't know about the Steelers, man. Oh boy, oh boy, my last loser has to go to Dallas. So, let me get this straight. I understand that, you know, you want to understand that you want to um you want to protect Dak Prescott. So you get a offensive tackle. I get that. You get a good offensive tackle. You get Tyler Smith. I get that. But let let me not let me let's not forget who is not on this roster anymore. Amari Cooper is not on this roster anymore. And if you wanna if you wanna see how important Amari Cooper is, look at Dak Prescott's stats before Amari Cooper came and and after he came. So Amari Cooper left. That's wide receiver. I just I've said for the past I don't know thirty minutes now, forty five minutes now. That the wide receiver position, this is the best or the deepest wide receiver position, period, uh, in the draft. Randy Gregory also left. And I I mean, Randy Gregory is was arguably one of the best, was arg- not arg- inarguably one of your best defenders at getting to the quarterback and everything. He's gone, by the way. You get Taylor Smith, right? Offensive tackle, cool. I understand uh, Lanell left, but uh, he was right there. The only re- <sighs> there's a reason why this entire shouts out to Marcus Spears, man. I love I love Marcus Spears. There's a reason why almost every cowboy you hear talks about you know we should have got Bobby Wagner uh they should have got or they they still possibly can but Tyron Matthew they they were trying to get Stephon Gilmore because they understand how important it is defensively not only to get a cornerback slash safety but a defensive player because you lose Randy Gregory I wasn't the only person that thought that Jermaine Johnson II was one of the biggest and, and best players in the draft. And he was right there. In fact, not only was he right there, he went two picks after Chicago, uh, Dallas. I understand, you know, you want to protect your quarterback. But Dallas's O-line wasn't as bad as projected. It was the fact that Dak Prescott just wasn't that good last year. Or after his hamstring injury, he just wasn't that good. You could have had the steal of the draft in Jermaine Johnson. Imagine Jermaine Johnson on the other side of uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Instead, you got Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Which, don't get me wrong, shout out to Tyler Smith. He's a good pick. 
But Dallas, he was right there. And I was very close, very close to putting the Ravens as a loser because of the whole Hollywood Brown situation. But I also understand that, I mean, they kind of saved themselves because they got, I mean, you got Kyle Hamilton, who was the best safety, you know, arguably. He was hands down the best safety in this draft of 14. And then you got uh, Tyler LeBron, Linderbron, Linderbron. That's it. Tyler Linderbond, who was easily the best center. And you need someone to – I mean, Ravens' offensive line last year was god-awful. And you need somebody to protect Lamar Jackson. That is your highest commodity. And, of course, the running game. So, I, I, they were they were very close. They were very close to being on, being on my uh, losers list because of the whole Hollywood Brown trade. But they did get – pieces that they need so i i I will say that shouts out to y'all so that's my winner oh the losers again is green bay the patriots the jaguars the steelers and dallas um that's my analysis of the first and second round i mean no first round again while i'm shooting this I, i don't or while i'm recording this let me say that the second round hasn't started so um yeah and uh, lastly, before we go, man, yo, Chris Paul is tough. <laughs> uh, we got, you know, the second round of the playoffs is pretty much what we thought. Now, we're still waiting on the winner. Now, again, I'm shooting this before the game, so I don't know if Memphis beat Minnesota. But pretty much majority of the conference semifinals is set. You have Dallas and Phoenix. You have uh, Miami and Philly. You have Milwaukee and in, in, in Boston and Golden State and whoever wins from Minnesota and Memphis. Uh, matchup wise, man, I think that I think Dallas, Dallas, it's all about matchups, especially in basketball, man. And Dallas to me is not a good Phoenix is not a good matchup for Dallas. Phoenix, Dallas has. Don't let it fool you. They were playing against a trash Utah Jazz team and a Utah Jazz team that didn't really make any adjustments. Uh, Phoenix can play multiple ways. And when you, I mean, hell, Chris Paul, who's 37, just had a, uh, what, perfect game, a 14 for 14 game. Oh, I think the only player in NBA history to do that in the playoffs or ever, I think. Um, I just think it's going to be quick. I think you have to focus on Luka Doncic and Jalen Brown, of course, and let everybody else beat you. But the thing is, when you have defenders like Mikael Bridges, when you have, you know, Devin Booker who, who came back, it, I just I think that's going to be kind of easy for Phoenix. I have Phoenix winning that series probably in, what, five games. Um, I think it's interesting when we look at the Miami and Philly series. I think – that this series solely is on James Harden. Not set, now, Joel Embiid is going to be Joel Embiid, and I don't think that, I mean, yeah, Bam Adebayo is a good defender, but he's not going to be able to defend Joel. I mean, there's a reason why Joel Embiid could possibly win the MVP this year. Um, but you saw what Miami did to Trey Young. You know, they had a sea of people just hounding Trey Young. 
I believe that's what they're going to do. Now, yes, Trey, James Harden is better than Trey Young, but I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to get as physical as possible with James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. You're they're going to make people like Tobias Harris beat you, which I mean, he has not <laughs> proven that he can do that, but they're going to put J- Jimmy Butler, they're going to put uh PJ Tucker, they're going to put uh Kyle out. They're going to put they're going to be as physical as possible with their guards. And it's like, hey, I think this is what teams are going to do. Teams are going to be like, hey, we have no answer for Joel Embiid. Just don't let anybody. That's the same thing Golden State did for uh, Denver. Now, I understand that Denver is not Philly. But Golden State said, all right, <laughs> there is really nothing we can do with Nikola Jokic. We're going to put Draymond Green on him. There is nothing we can do about Nikola Jokic. Our goal is to not let anybody else go off. And that's that's how they won the series four one. The one game that they lost, Marquise Moore, uh, Marcus Morris, not Marcus, uh, Morris went off, and Aaron Gordon had a great game. I, I just I, I'm gonna pick Miami in seven games because I just think Miami has the formula to beat. A, a t- like they're gonna, they're, everyone and their mama knows you're not gonna do anything with Joel Embiid, like. But don't let James Harden go off. Don't let Tyrese Massey. Don't let them hit. You know, don't let Danny Green hit big threes. So I'm, I'm going to pick Miami in, in seven in that one. And to me, this is when injuries really play a factor. And that is the Milwaukee and Boston series. I think with the report coming out that Chris Milton will not play the, the, the entire or this series, I think that's going to be huge. That's huge because Chris Middleton... As much flack as a lot of people give him, Chris Middleton is their best shooter, like by far. And he's their best player to create their shot as far as a jump shot. Now, no, he's clearly not better than Giannis when we talk about creating shots as far as getting a dunk. But if you want someone to break somebody down in the mid-range or in the three-point line and get a shot, that's Chris Middleton. And he is their best shooting score let me just say that he is our best score when it comes to shooting the ball you take that off now you have people like Garrett, uh Grayson Allen Drew Holiday have to be more of an offensive weapon and maybe they're not ready for well I'm not gonna say I'm not ready as far as they're young but that's not really what their strength are and Giannis is gonna have to go crazy especially against a Boston team that is the best they've been playing their best basketball since February and they are the best defensive team, hands down. I mean, to me, it's arguable between them and Miami, but I would go with Boston as the best defensive team right now. Jason Tatum is playing his best basketball he's played in his career. Jalen Brown is playing the best basketball he's played in his career. Marcus Smart just won Defensive Player of the Year. So because of the injury to Chris Middleton, I'm picking Boston in seven. I'm picking Boston in seven. The only reason why I'm picking seven because I don't know, like, I don't know. It's I'm not. I'm I'm picking seven out of respect to Giannis and Tetacumpo. I mean, he's a two-time MVP, just won the uh, Finals MVP. He's he's arguably in a lot of people's eyes the, the best player in the world right now. I have so much respect for him, and especially what I saw him do. <laughs> in the finals last year, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna just say, "Oh no, it's gonna be easy for Boston," which is why I say Boston in seven. But that Chris Middleton is huge. Chris Middleton not being there is huge, especially against a healthy Boston team that also got uh, the the time like also got Robert Williams back. 
at Boston. And I guess I'll talk about so again, I don't know who who wins. I don't know if Memphis wins, uh as Memphis won. I don't know if Minnesota won. So I just think I'll just look at both for Golden State. I think that Golden State's hardest matchup, of course, is Memphis. I think Memphis play, Memphis plays a physical brand of basketball, of course. And the the thing that you saw with let me say this. The thing that you saw the biggest reason why Golden State beat Denver is because Denver could not match up with the three guards. They couldn't match up with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Jordan Poole. When you look at Memphis, you have John Morant, you have Desmond Bain, and you have uh, – what's his name? I forgot his name. Damn, I forgot his name. It's just slipped my mind. But you have uh, – homie. oh, damn, I forgot his name. But they have guards that can – when I say offensively, they – I don't – they have guards, especially size-wise, defense-wise, that can match up with Golden State. Now, I'm seeing Patrick Beverly give John Morant the work. So I can just imagine what happens with Seth Curry. But I'm just saying, I just I'm gonna pick Golden State in that, but I do think that they have a far tougher challenge with Memphis than they would with Minnesota. I do think Minnesota does hold challenges because Again, you, you saw you saw Nicole Jokic go crazy against Golden State. Carlin D. Towns is not as good as Nicole Jokic. Let's let's not get that confused. But Carlin D. Towns, when he's when he's aggressive, he's a. Oh, speaking of that, did you hear uh, Draymond Green talk about Carlin D. Towns? <laughs> oh man, I mean, the, if it a. Hey. I agree with what he said. I agree with what Draymond Green said. If you don't know what he said, go look it up. Shouts out to Draymond Green, his podcast. I like the consistency. But uh yeah. I just I think Golden State's gonna win regardless as far as whoever they play, but I think that they they have a there's a very good possibility that they could lose if they played Men- Memphis. If they play Minnesota, I think it's that's who they want to play is Minnesota. So But there you have it. Uh, that's been today's episode of the Popular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a Popular Podcast shirt, hoodie. Actually, before I say that, let me know who do you think the winner of the draft is, uh, team-wise, player. Who do you think the winner? Who do you think the sleeper? Who do you think the loser? How do you feel about the first rounds? How do you feel about the remaining rounds that we've seen? And what is your take on the NBA, uh, NBA playoffs? Do you think Golden State can beat Memphis in four games? Do you think that Dallas can beat or can beat and Luca can lead them to the conference finals. Do you think that Philly will easily beat my like what do you think? What do you feel? Just leave in the comments, let me know, we'll talk about it. Again, I appreciate you guys. Now let's do the outro. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different signs. Whatever you want, whatever color you want, I got you. Unless it's sage green. I'm sorry, Brittany. I, I don't have sage green. I don't make the colors. I don't I don't do, I don't churn the colors, but any other color, I got you. Also, please subscribe to the wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I'm trying to increase engagement. I'm trying to get more people to listen, watch, come on the popular podcast train. And I can't do that without your help. So I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. She bout to fly me on her hands, cat. She bout to take me on her hands, cat. Nigga can't even see me on her hands, cat. 
She fight a flight, nigga, we just can't. She fight a flight, man, we got it. Chief out of flight, nigga, can't even see me on way out of here, I'm too far in the sky Heard me, it's ash ready to dump my ashes Bitch so pretty, look better than Cassie Puffin' on Zooters and she callin' me daddy Walkin' on shit, turn it up and not guess it Came out the gutter, they ain't never me to swag it Secure the bag, got a bitch, I'ma bag it Turnin' it up, gotta make sure she good Parkin' two mil in the middle of my hood Drinkin' no mud, I made out of the sewer Chrome hearted accessories, whatever, I'm good Lot of these niggas, they lookin' the same They copy my lingo, they bitin' my chain Championship, championship, range is gon' empty shit Bitch breakin' into the look at the kid Dirty the fountain, but makin' the counter The bro get this money like it's my religion This could be a man, they a sad If any of these niggas, they try to compare whatever I did Them niggas touched a hundred, they just have the gig They came out the jungle, they kidnapping kid A trap out of bando, spent ten on the crib I look at the ocean, the spot 30 in Pinning where I'm at, the city I'm in I keep me no fully, no matter what I'm in I have touch her ass, she gon' think she can win You fuckin' me good, bitch, you helpin' me win Niggas can't see me, ain't no competition Too many bracelets, no hold on the wrist I'm never suffer, I'm thinking my quit I pop the E, I can feel when the kid Chief had a flight, nigga, can't even see me on way out of here, I'm too far in the sky Heard me, it's ash ready to dump my ashes Bitch so pretty, look better than Cassie Puffin' on Zooters and she callin' me daddy Walkin' on shit, turn it up and not gas it Came out the gutter, they ain't never me to swag it Secure the bag, got a bitch, I'ma bag it Turnin' it up, gotta make sure she good Parkin' two mil in the middle of my hood Drinkin' no mud, I made out of the sewer Chrome heart accessories, whatever, I'm good Lot of these niggas, they lookin' the same They copy my lingo, they bite in my chain Championship, championship, ranges gon' empty shit Bitch break a nigga, they look at the kid Count on some millions and taste of my drugs They stuck in my memory, they went Showing love, ain't matching my flight, bitch, you know you a dub. Started this wave and I using a brush. Stop taking out and I'm back on the E. Flying commercial, you ain't high as me. Driving the special, the one with the wings. Crook up the trap, I done broke down the key. Ain't let no fuck nigga holding me back. Put a switch on and these little nigga wet. After I hit you, bitch, give him the back. Ain't got no room, put a horn on the scrap. Go to the moon, ain't gon' show you no slack. Cool the tycoon, ain't no regular cat. Took a few shrooms, I forget where I'm at. Popping a touch, like feeling the kick. Chief had a flight, nigga, can't even see me on way out of here, I'm too far in the sky Heard me, it's ash ready to dump my ashes Bitch so pretty, look better than Cassie Puffin' on Zooters and she callin' me daddy Walkin' on shit, turn it up and not gas Came out the gutter, they ain't never me to swag it Secure the bag, got a bitch, I'ma bag it Turnin' it up, gotta make sure she good Parkin' two mil in the middle of my hood Drinkin' no mud, I made out of the sewer Chrome heart accessories, whatever, I'm good Lot of these niggas, they lookin' the same They copy my lingo, they bite in my chain Championship, championship, ain't just gon' empty shit Bitch, break a nigga, they lookin'